You are now in tune with the Talking Reggae podcast. As always, I am Jay of Street Level Uprising, and I have with me tonight from Bakersfield, California, I have got Chase and Ethan from Undisclosed. Fellas, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate being on here. Yeah, I man, it's 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 my pleasure. Um, I, I've I've obviously listened to your music. I dig it. Uh, so it's cool to have you on here. And I got a bunch of questions for you. We're gonna go one at a time. First question I like to lead off with. And we can go, you know, one of you and then the other. So we'll start with Chase and then Ethan, you give me your answer. Uh, tell me about like your first memory, your earliest memories of reggae music and, and how it impacted you. Uh, probably like 2006, I would have been in like sixth grade. I got uh, gifted uh, two gold CDs, the gold CDs by Bob Marley and the Whalers. And that kind of led me into the reggae vibes, like into that way. And then I kind of found Cali reggae shortly after that in my junior high and high school years. Found like Sublime and Pepper, and that just kind of threw me all the way in, you know? Yeah. Did Did you grow up out there? Is that were you born and raised in Bakersfield? Yeah, the area? born and raised in Bakersfield. I'm a construction boy at heart, you know. Grew up working in houses my whole life, so it was a lot of. Uh, Spanish music and country music, a little bit of both, you know, so to have my own type of music out there was nice. Yeah, right on, man. Construction, that's cool, man. I'm about to put up some of my own walls out here. So if you want to just go ahead and fly out here and give me a hand. Yeah, I got you. I <laughs> uh, what about you, Ethan? How about you, man? How did you get, you know, how did the vibes first hit you? Yeah, I mean, I've been a lover of music my whole life. My dad got me into it real young. Um, just playing different instruments. We were always jamming together. I, I was into like Metallica was my thing early on. I got into rock. I went through all my phases. Then I found Sublime. Sublime really like, ooh, taught me, taught me that reggae groove, you know? And that just gelled with me. I, I love that. There's nothing better than that reggae groove at like a live experience, you know? And then I started getting into like Cali reggae. And I started getting into like, cause Cali, Cali reggae is big here, you know, and revolution yeah. Valley who was coming to Bakersfield all the time. Yeah. Um, just a bunch of bands like that and really got me into it. And then I started going back, you know, into the old school, you know, and just, it, I, I started with the newer reggae scene and then kind of went back. So it's a little different way to find reggae, but it was cool. I'm glad I found it. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter how you find it, right? Right. Yeah. Not everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't. Really there's matter. a lot of reggae out there, you know. Yeah. Not everybody. Everybody, you know, thinks it's one thing, but there's so many branches of reggae out there. Oh man, yeah. Like for people who don't know reggae, and people who don't know reggae aren't listening to this show. But uh, yeah, people who don't. I, I, there's this this story. Like, so I I grew up in South Florida, and. Um, I used to work with uh, where I used to work. I had a lot of Jamaican friends there. And like one of them that I was really tight with, um, he was he used to tell me this story about like, he bumped into some, just some stranger one time, this woman. And, and she's like, Oh, that's a lovely accent you have. What is that? And he said, well, I'm from Jamaica. And she's like, Jamaica, I was at a party last week where they were playing reggae music. And he said, Oh really? And how'd you like it? She's like, 
well, it was nice, but they kept playing the same song over and over all night. Because <laughs> like, and like, that's the joke about reggae or blues or really any other style of music. Any if you, if you don't know, you know, like you, you got that in there. So, but it's like, once you start digging into it and you find out there's everything, you know, going back to ska, rock steady through dance hall, lovers, rock, like all, all these different okay. things. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's funny how many people find their way to reggae through sublime. Sublime is like the gateway drug of reggae music because they weren't really a reggae band. They were more of a punk band than they were a reggae band, but they had them reggae grooves. They had them ska grooves. And so they so were just grimy, yeah, just man. authentic garage, yeah. grimy punk. Yeah. Like that is the definition of like a California kid, man. We're grimy, we're dirty, we party, we were talking about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That kind of like led me into that for sure. It was just like that. The the message that they were putting out wasn't just about like peace, love, and unity. It was like, we're, we're, we're here to wreck shit. You know what I mean? We're here yeah. to mess stuff up, dude. Like <laughs> I really love that energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely on the grittier end. And, um, and yeah, it's like, and there's, there's always, there's always a skateboard involved. There's always somebody has got yeah. a surfboard. It's like, it's a totally different vibe coming out of, of California like that. Like me growing up in Florida, like I, I got to sublime later. I got to sublime after the other stuff, but I dug that too, man, because like vibes are vibes and it's cool. One of my favorite things about reggae is, is there's something for everybody, right? If you just want the chill vibes, there's that. If you want the party vibes, there's that. If you want the militant vibes, there's that. So uh, Sublime's a, a great way to get people in. And like Ethan was saying, then you go back and you see, you find out where all that came from. And you're like, oh man, there's like, there's like a million different things you can get into. Ethan, you said you were, yeah. you were, you were playing music at a pretty early age. And were you playing music before you got into reggae? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Before I even heard, heard reggae, you know, my parents weren't big on reggae at all. It, you know, Sublime's close to us. So the, we and they're the most mainstream reggae band i you know out of america that i could think of and uh so radio you heard Badfish, you know but I, you didn't know that was reggae really until yeah. but then then I, I just got in high school and i was like you know what i really like this bad fish song and you those santeria and then you're like all right let me listen to that album and then you start hearing all the deep tracks on that album you know and yeah, I mean, I kind of forgot where the question was, but oh, I started early before I heard reggae. Yeah, I started drumming early, mostly to like Metallica. Like I said, my dad was big on Metallica. And he, at one point he said, it's like, I want to drum because he knew how to drum. He's like, I want to drum and someone play guitar. So then I learned guitar and we were jamming that way. And then guitar kind of made me go through all my different genres. I got into like acoustic stuff. I got just riffs and you know, it, it takes you down a lot of different genres. Yeah. This dude actually spends a lot of time producing our music too. He does all of the nitpicking and the, the tight, the tight, you know, chops on the solos. Like he does all of it, man. He, he really gets it down, dude. It's, it's pretty impressive. It's super talented guy right here. Cool. Yeah, real. <laughs> well, somebody's got to do it, man. Some somebody's got to be the one going. Nah, you got to do that again. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's exactly. got to do that. It's always it's like I, it's it's funny because like some some bands self produce, some bands don't. Some bands use a combination. It's like it's got its good and it's bad, right? It's like sometimes it's good to have an outside pair of ears. 
but also like to learn to do that yourself, to be self-reliant self, you know, to, to have that come from within, uh, is a big deal. Um, what about you, Chase? When did you start playing music? Uh, I probably started playing music in like junior high and I was really influenced by like Nora Jones and Jack Johnson. And that's kind of what got me into like playing and singing music at the same time. Um, yeah, I, I just started picking up a guitar like seventh, eighth grade and just kind of jamming it. It seems so weird to look back at that time. Cause it's such a blur, you know, like where did I exactly learn to play my instrument? It seems like such a blur, you know, like it's just a, I kind of fell into, yeah. And like, I fell into this genre of music and, you know, a handful of friends later, I'm playing all sorts of different chords. I never knew I could play. And the rhythm for playing reggae music and singing is just so much more fun. It's just the rhythm of singing and the excitement of it is just so entertaining to me. But yeah, I, I kind of learned like seventh, eighth grade. I started playing guitar and just kind of my influences weren't anything reggae though at all. Like you, it was, you know, you were into like metal and stuff. I was more into like soft acoustic, like jazzy voices. I don't know what it was. Something about a rasp. Something about a rasp in a voice is just. It's so soothing to me, man. And I don't know. I think some of those traits kind of took off onto my singing too, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you never stop learning. You never stop being influenced. You never stop learning. Yeah. Um, did you, when you, when you first started getting into reggae, who were some of your vocal influences? I honestly, I didn't have a lot of vocal uh, influences. I had this, my entire style influence was going for like how slightly stupid based all of their reggae. They had so many different genres on their albums. Um, they didn't just stick with the Cali reggae. They did like roots. They did punk, like they do punk reggae. They do so many, they do the ska, they do all of it, man. Slightly Stupid was very well-rounded when I was listening to them, when it came to acoustics, when it came to rock, when it came to just straight roots. They kind of had all of it, man. And that I think that's where I fell when I started playing more of my own stuff. I kind of started writing kind of how they would write music. And, and then I just slowly, I felt like I kind of slowly found my own my own way really quick. I feel like I found my own way really quickly when it came to writing and making reggae music. I just, I fell in love with it too quickly. I felt like I, I only had so many influences, you know, not, not very many of them are reggae. Yeah. When I met Chase, he did, he was one of the first musicians that I, that loved reggae that didn't know how to play like every reggae song. Like I know like a lot of bass lines of my fortunate youth bass lines, you know, a ton of cool bass lines. And that's kind of how I learned. But Chase kind of like learned all on his own. He would make up his own chords and sing the same songs, but it was always his own style to it. It was, it was, it was a different approach. It was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Lack of knowledge of music, man. I, I didn't have, I didn't get, I get, get the chance of the music teachers, you know, I, I didn't get lessons. I, I just kind of had to learn, you know? Yeah. Well, there's so many different paths, man. And like, like there, there's no, there's no one way. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. It's, you know, can you write a tune? Can you put a band together? Can you play a show? Like this, it's not, it's not rocket science, man. There's no, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, there's yeah. all kind. you know, there's cats in, in our business who are very well schooled. There's cats who couldn't even tell you what note they're playing on the guitar. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, and it doesn't matter. And none of that matters, man, because all that matters yeah. is if, if you could put a song together 
in a band that that touches people and uh, there's there's no there's nobody out in that audience going well yeah i mean they're all right but you know the singer didn't go to music college like no like no like no one's ever said that man no one's ever said anything like that so it don't matter um tell me about so tell me about undisclosed and tell me how you guys came together do you want to start that one yeah that's a cool fun story we met not too long like two years ago we met Mm -hmm. And it was at a Kyle Smith show in Bakersfield at Jerry's Pizza. And I was kind of in the falling out of my last band. We were just kind of just fading out. We were trying to release an album, but we were also fading out at the same time. So I was really bummed about it. But we were there at the Kyle Smith show and Chase happened to recognize my old lead singer. And later that night, he kind of comes up to me and introduces himself. And we end up connecting that night. His friends were there and they were like, you know, this guy's got a great voice and you got you to gotta work with Chase. He's got a great voice and I can do everything but sing. So I'm always looking for a good singer. And I, I, I trusted it. And the next day I, I met up with him. And we got together and jammed a couple songs and he's got a great voice. I loved it. He had a couple cool songs that were already written that I just needed to make music to. And those were some of our first songs on our first EP. And yeah, I mean, we met at Jerry's Pizza. I was low-key fanboying, bro. <laughs> I was excited to meet Ethan so bad, bro. I was like, I was like, I, I've been looking for people who play reggae music, and I, it is far from few where we're at, man. I'm out in Bakersfield. It's like there's very not many artists out here that are playing music like this. So I like tried to find my opportunity as, as soon as I could. And I tried to chat with him about jamming. And I was a little worried that it wasn't going to happen until I started hanging out with Ethan a little bit that night. And it just really worked out, man. Like we hung out, the, like he said, we hung out that next day and we clicked, man. Something just clicked when we were jamming. And it's like, all right, time to get a guitar player and a bassist. <laughs> like, it's, time, it's time to put a, it's time to put together a band. Yeah. It's cool, man. It's serendipity the way stuff comes together. And like, you know, I tell my kids stuff like this because it's like, um, you know, if I hadn't gone to this school, because you know, I, I I met my wife through uh, my brother. He's my brother-in-law now, but I knew him first, and he's he's actually our bass player. So I've known him even longer than I know my wife. And it's like I tell my kids like. Um, if, if, if this, this, and this didn't go right, if I didn't become friends with this dude who introduced me to your uncle Billy, who introduced me to mom, like <laughs> y'all wouldn't even be here. Like the, the, the magic of like, like, what if that night you were feeling like, man, I'm kind of tired. I don't really feel like going out. It's like, we're not, we're not sitting here talking right now. You know what exactly. I mean? It's like, and those, those magical moments about life. And it makes me excited about like, man, who am I going to meet tomorrow? Like that's, yeah. that's just such a cool concept, man. So tell me so you're like all right we need to get we need a, a lead guitar player bass player like so what did you do at that point it was really tough we kind of went through a lot of people and it's you know it's tough finding guys who are willing to commit to you know being in a band and getting days off of work and putting the band first and, well, seeing, the, and seeing the dream and being a part of it are two different things you know what i mean like you got to really want it man and 
And the people that are with us that we play with, I feel like they just, they want to be rock stars too, man. I want to be on a stage and hear 10,000 people singing the words to our songs. I, I, it's such a powerful moment, but you can't, you can't just expect to get there. You have to put in so many steps to get there, you know? Uh, you can't you can't run before you learn to walk so we're kind of just appreciating our journey there and i think like you said finding the right people to be a part of that journey through the entire process it's long you know it's a it's a long journey to get to that to that point and i feel like some people want to jump sooner than others and and there's just different ways of doing things and i'm really excited that we found a great group of guys that they really love what they do. They love to perform. They love to be at shows. They pull up to practices. It's like really great energy, you know? That's so important. It was an interesting yeah. way how we came about. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. Everybody, everybody wants to be in a band. Um, and then sometimes they get into it and, they, and then it's like, whoa, it's like this, this awakening moment where it's like something about it, like whether it's they can't get the nights off from work or they can't, you know, and you find yourself going week after week without practice because somebody can't make it or you can't schedule a tour or somebody isn't up to, you know, the, the burnout playing the same song. Bored fast. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So, so it took you a while to find the guys that you're, so the guys that you're, that are in the band now with you, how long have they been there? Jake has been with us. Our guitar. We have two Jakes in our band. Yeah. <laughs> the Jakes. Uh, our guitar player, Jake, he goes by Jay Nato. He has been in the band from the beginning, and he is so much fun to be around. I just spent all three days at Cali Vibes with him and my fiance, and it was just a, it was just crazy, man. It was so much fun, dude. The guy is a ball of energy, and he's. Like when you see him play, man, you just see his soul on stage. And I love that. I love the guitar players that put all of their energy out there, man. And he is a fun musician. He's a fun person. He was a great roommate. He li We all lived together at one point. It was awesome, man. And yeah, dude, I think we really got lucky with our guitar player. And then our bass player is actually his brother-in-law. And they've been a drum and bass dynamic for like, 10 years. My last band, he was our bass player. Ah, uh, cool, yeah. And he's kind of been a new addition. Yeah. And he is, he's a super good bass player. He, he loves reggae as much as we do. And I mean, it's all about the bass line to me. And a great producer, too. He makes yeah. really killer, he makes really yeah. killer rhythms. He's he makes great. some really killer, he produces some pretty cool tracks. Yeah. yeah. So he, he does a lot. He, he's like you. He does a lot of everything, so man. He's been an awesome addition to the band. And our key player, Jaron, he, uh, he's yeah. just like us too. Good in the studio recording. He's got the regular bubble down, um, which is tough to find in Bakersfield. Not many people are musicians and not many people are reggae musicians. So it's tough finding the pieces out here. But we've got a good group right now, which we are super stoked about. Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah. It's, it's funny, man. It's like, there's not many people who like in the grand scheme, you know, reggae has yes. got a smaller pool to choose sure. from. And it's like, and there's people who like, especially drummers, but also keyboard players, like you mentioned, where it's like, they're like, man, I'd like to play reggae, but I can't, like, I physically can't, can't mm -hmm. figure out what's going on. I've had, and I've had brilliant drummers who were like, man, 
Like I can't, I can't get that. I just can't do it. So yeah, yeah. being out in Bakersfield, and it's funny because like Bakersfield, for anyone listening who doesn't know, like Bakersfield has a very rich history in music. But yeah. you know, yeah. like you get that Bakersfield Big sound, of Merle Haggard, and all them cats, and it's like. <laughs> It, you know, it's, 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 it's dirty country, which is like a beautiful sound. It really is. It's just this beautiful twangy, dirty, filthy, nasty, gritty sound. Um, oh, yeah. But like anywhere else, man, like maybe the genre that you're doing, you don't have that much there. So you're, you're trying to pull from a really small pool there out there in Bakersfield. Yeah. You know? Well, we, it's funny. Cause I, the, the way I initially even went and started looking for band members or trying to find other musicians was I started singing in a band out in LA. Um, one of my buddies, Mr. Herbs, man, Renee, he's actually the drummer for Lake dub. And, um, sometimes tomorrow's bad seats. He's a really cool friend of mine. And he, he got me out there singing with his band for a few times and then just told me the truth. He said, look, man, that commute, from here to there, it just isn't worth it. You need to find a, a group of friends in Bakersfield that you can jam with, and you guys come out here, and we'll start putting you on, man. We'll start helping you guys get some cool shows. And sure enough, within a few weeks, within a few weeks, I was going to any reggae show I could that was local at the time. I was trying to, I was trying to meet musicians, and I, I got so lucky when I saw him standing around that bar, dude. It was just like, it was just meant, it was meant to happen. I knew it was meant to happen. And um, being able to produce some of the songs that we've made already and the, the places we've already played is just so far beyond what I ever dreamed of already as a musician. So now I'm just excited to keep pushing more music out. I'm really excited to get more and more music going. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And talking about Bakersfield, like I'm always one of the things I'm always fascinated about is in all music, but especially reggae, especially in, in, in not just in the States, but all over the world. When a band plays reggae, there's local flavor that gets into it. So like you give you an example, like my band, like I'm in Florida, the rest of my band is in uh, Lawrence, Kansas, and that's where I've been for a while. Um, so in our sound, you're going to catch some of that Americana folk stuff creeping in because like that's what's going on out there. And that stuff, you go out to see shows and your friends play and like that stuff's going to filter in. Um, do you feel there's any part of that old Bakersfield history that, that creeps into what you guys are doing there? For sure. And, and I think it mostly comes out in Jake's soloing and the guitar playing. You can definitely hear he's got a little country twang in it, especially not maybe not necessarily in the solos, but in the background stuff he does behind the chuckas, Jake's doing, mm-hmm. I would say, I would say that's where it mostly comes out in. Um, yeah, Cause not so much drumming, I would say, but mostly in that guitar playing. I feel, I feel like your drumming comes a lot from like the underground metal and punk scene here in Bakersfield. Uh, a lot of the metal and punk scene that was going on, a lot of the hardcore scene that was happening back in the day. Kick patterns, yeah, kick, definitely the double kicks. I, I can feel the, I can feel it. You know what I mean? That there's definitely some rock energy, some punk energy behind some of the stuff we do. And I feel like that comes from the basements of Jerry's that come that came out of the basement of Jerry's, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of those punk rock shows down there. And for sure. Yeah. And yeah. And I, yeah, I was looking more at the country aspect, but yeah, even like, cause Jerry's is a big punk rock scene in Bakersfield. Yeah. Um, it was like a lot of touring bands used to come through there 
and play there. So there's a lot of history down there. And definitely, you know, the, the Cali reggae is, a, is adding a lot heavier drums into reggae, kind of. You know what I mean? It's yeah. almost like a rock dr- drum beat with, you know, bringing that chuckas back. And it's, it's a unique sound. But I think that's where we get it. I, I dig it, man. I, I, to me, like, uh, we're the sum total of our influences, right? Like, whatever anything you've ever heard, anything you've ever played, like it all gets into your sound. It all gets into how you play the instrument, but Mm -hmm. that's, that's how we grow and evolve. It's like, if that didn't happen, then we'd all still be playing like Baroque music or something, right? Like everything evolved to where we're at now. Mm -hmm. And, and one of my favorite things about reggae is it seems it's more of a sponge for other influences than almost any other genre. So you get, Mm -hmm. you get, you know, you get the rock, you, you know, you get, roots reggae you get the dance hall you get jazzy stuff coming in and a lot of people don't realize the origins of reggae a lot of them cats were hearing country music and american r&b coming down to the island from new orleans out of the the r&b station and stuff so it's like it's reggae is really just this collective it started as a as a collection of of different styles of music and then it grew into even more it's like a tree and just grew to all these different, different styles you know um I'm always fascinated by that. I always love the creation of new things, new sounds um, to have that come in. So to have them punk or rock things. And yeah, man, like you're definitely hearing heavier drums these days. Um, it's, it's, it's. Well, it's like, if you look at all the newer, all of the newer up and coming reggae bands, their influences are slightly stupid revolution, tribal seeds, so you can hear you can hear it in their bass. You can hear it in their keys. You can hear the next genre. The next generation, yeah, the next generation of the genre is that that is their that is their influence. You know, I mean, even if you look at like Bob Marley's, this is like one of his favorite bands was the Temptations. It was like it's such a random style of music, you know, that you'd be like, oh, he likes that style. That's like that's what he listens to. A lot of the influences from these newer bands would be, I feel like, considered all the new genre of the reggae scene, which is, you know, the revolutions, the tribal seeds, the dirty heads, sublime with Rome. It's like all these influences are coming from them now. And it's it's interesting to see the reggae scene blowing up in a different way. It's definitely coming across in a different way now. I'm seeing a lot more. When we go to Huntington and Long Beach and L.A. area, we so many friends and family out there that love to play music. It's so, I feel like it's so available there than it is here. And we're two hours, like not even two hours away from L.A. It just feels like we're so far apart still. <laughs> California in general has a much bigger reggae scene than anywhere else in the country. I mean, even down here in Florida. It's funny because <clears throat> I left Florida for years, and before I left, there was like no reggae scene down here. And I come back, and it's way bigger than it ever was, but it's still not even close to California. Like for some reason, reggae really took hold in California in a way that it hasn't in the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. That's so wild. I don't know why. That is, that is wild. Because, I don't know. I don't know why that people, is. Maybe people traveling to para- paradise, going to Hawaii. And hearing that every radio station, dude, where was that? Where was that good energy at? I want that energy back when we were in paradise. <laughs> I feel like a lot that could be a part of it too. We're really close to, we're really close to the, you know, Hawaii. So 
808 state, man. And that's, that makes sense. I mean, that, that could be a huge part of it, but Cali reggae is so coastline. Is the coast. Yeah. A long coastline, man. I'm real surprised Florida doesn't have, I mean, I know some pretty cool music coming out yeah. of Florida right now. I mean, it is. It is. It, is. Sim, cast yeah. Out. It, yeah. it definitely is, man. It definitely is. Especially compared to like when I grew up, uh, it yeah. definitely is. But like California is still number one. It's still, it just seems like they've, they've got more, the more bands than anywhere else. They've got more. And you know, yeah, you're going to have more bands in California, more reggae in California than you're going to have in Ohio. Because, you know, a lot of people, like you were just saying, reggae gets associated with vibe, with beaches and stuff like that. So, like, spending, having, like, a seven-month winter in Wisconsin, like, really (laughs) isn't going to produce a lot of reggae bands. You know, it's like, we're, we're my band's based out there. It's like, I always say, like, it's a very small reggae scene, but... The quality, there's, there's half a dozen bands or so, and the quality is unbelievable. And yeah. the, the commitment of reggae fans there, but it's still small compared to everywhere else. And, and, try, and touring out there is like, you've got your hot spots, you know, a, some, yeah. a pocket in Omaha and a pocket down in Tulsa or Oklahoma City, but it's not like y'all can tour Oklahoma and play 20 different, or uh, California and play 20 different cities. And you know, and so it's it's just it's just this fertile ground for it out there right now, which is a beautiful thing, man. You know, yeah. oh yeah, I, there's no better show to go to than a reggae show, in my opinion. No matter what version of reggae it is, or where, or where And it's I I mean I mostly stay in California, so every show that I've ever been to has been towards the coastal areas too, like San Diego, San Clemente, all the way down you know down there too. It's just like. All the cool shows are down there, man. I, I love it. I just feel like we're we're in such a central being in central California is we're we're really in the divide. You know what I mean? We're we're, we're right like you know we're two hours away from everything, kind of. We're in this little valley, and we're 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 like a little hidden secret. <laughs> Bakersfield is just this little pocket, you know. Um, it's nice to be able to get out and go and see some of these awesome bands that are playing too. And it's crazy. All the local, all the new local reggae bands that are coming out. It's cool that you've got a lot of bands coming through there. Depending on where people come up, a lot of times they don't get that. Or it's like, man, I got to drive two and a half hours to St. Louis or Chicago or whatever to see anything other than the same three local bands play over and over. You know what I mean? So, um, it's great being able to grow up in a place like that where the bands come through what you're doing. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. I, I want to get back to what you were saying before about the new generation of reggae musician. They're coming up on the slightly stupids and, and, and bands like that. Um, you mentioned that you were hearing that of these bands that you're saying, so you can, you can pick it out. You can be like, all right, you guys are more interested and more, um, uh, influenced Influence. by yeah by stuff like that absolutely i i feel like i can feel it i can hear it um it just takes a, a, a simple keyboard bop, 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 and it's like oh it's a tribal seeds keyboard right there like that's instant like you already can you can just pick it which, out. It, which obviously <laughs> tribal seeds got it from somewhere else from but you know like a lot of younger reggae bands who grew up in california that's where they're hearing tribal seeds coming through bakersfield once or twice a year you know are now you know you're like oh this is 
a new form of tribal seeds or a new form, you know, fortunate youth with the twist of slightly, you know, yeah. just a bunch of a bunch of that, which is interesting because I mean. It's been around for a long that long now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, you know, they've established themselves and it's like it's the same thing with the generation before. And then what you have is like the, the first thing that happens as you're coming up is you emulate what you're hearing, right? So if, if you come up and you're listening to Sublime and Slightly Stupid and Tribal Seeds, it's like that's what you're trying to be. And then you branch off and hopefully develop your own sound. Um yes. and that's and that's really the key is you know, every genre of music there's going to be those bands where it's like, you know, you guys need to work a little bit harder to separate yourself. You're going to have to do something oh, because, oh, because, because oh, you do sure. just sound like you're trying to be, you know, X band here or whatever. It's staying in the, it's called staying in the box, <laughs> staying inside that box and not letting yourself get creative with your own styles, with your own, with your own flavor, man. Like you said, like uh, Sensi Trails is doing that right now. They're throwing in some folk, like rock music, indie music in their sets. Mm -hmm. And you're like, that's, has, it's not reggae at all whatsoever, but it's, it's what music they're influenced by. So they've actually created some new tracks that aren't really reggae. And to see them perform them in front of people and see their reaction be so positive is really awesome. You know, I love seeing people break out of that box. You don't have to, play reggae or have a specific reggae sound you know you can you can bounce around some different genres into it i mean my favorite one of my favorite bands right now is going off and they're combining metal and and reggae which is ayaterra they're like bumping out some really crazy tracks and it's i have i have a feeling that it's mostly due to massive metal influence like play some hard roots some crazy yeah like with it, it yeah like those those the guitar playing the sound of the guitar is just so metal and then you have these roots coming in out of nowhere and it's just like they're creating their own genre of reggae i feel like ayatera has done that very successfully they created their own genre of reggae in this ever-evolving pond of reggae music you know and I, I'm, I'm stoked to see it happen. I hope that we can progress in a similar way and find our own sound and be able to push that out there. Yeah, well, I think, you know, it's, it's necessary for bands to do that because, first of all, nobody wants to be labeled a copycat or anything. That, not that anyone's trying yeah. to be, but you don't want that. But, you know, exactly. the bands that we hear about, the bands that become successful are the bands that bring something new to the tape. Like, whatever mm -hmm. it is, bring something new. Um, how much of that do you think is natural as just as what's coming out of a person? How much do you think of it? It, it can be calculated. You can decide to do things like that. But how much of that do you think is just a natural progression of an artist? I, I feel like it goes both ways, man. Some of my some of the best songs that I ever wrote was sitting by a river and done in 15 minutes like done freestyle with pressing record on my phone and just sitting by a river and jamming a song. And it ended up being one of my favorite songs. Like it could be like that, or it could be really planned out. Like we wrote it line by line. We wrote the music first. Like it can be done both ways. Um, I, I think it's, it's the art it's by artist choice. You know, I think it, it's a little bit of both in everyone's game. I think it comes naturally, but it comes with, intent as well like there's an intent behind it there's like i'm going out to make music today 
you know, and that, then there's people who are like, no, I'm sitting down and I'm going to get on the studio, get on the computer and I'm going to make music today. There's like two totally different energies when you're doing that, you know, creating music and putting music on the like actual computer and like getting things into the studio. That's a whole, I, I feel like that has to be calculated. Definitely. And I think an important thing to add to that is that not everything and probably most of it's not going to be, you know, the unique diff, like not everything you do is going to be good. Exactly. You got to be able to wing out the, there's so many stuff that you'll never hear that, you know, was a stepping stone to the good stuff that's going to happen. You know, there's so many, you don't want to put out every song you ever write because you got to be truthful to yourself that not every song you write is going to be good. And I think having a good ear and knowing what's good and what's different and what's unique and what's, you know, repetitive. I think that's important to know as an artist and be able to cut out as an artist because you, there you get ideas in a lot of different ways. Like he was saying, you, you might, that's, that's, that's the more natural part. That's the more like I'm sitting by, I'm jamming, I'm recording and getting all these ideas Mm -hmm. down. I feel like that's very more natural than it is with sitting down with pen and paper and trying to physically write a song. That's like, that's personally torture. I can't, I can't sit down with pen and paper Mm -hmm. and try to write down a song. Like I'm a guy who likes to press record, you know, I'm I'm like tenacious. Don't do that line, dude. Try something different. I enjoy that more than I do sitting down and trying to get the song written down perfectly, you know, I, I can't, I don't, I can't do it that way. Well. So this much pain. Freestyle for twenty minutes straight, <laughs> and you wouldn't know it's not written. It, it's unbelievable, it's, dude. That's just all fun, man. It's just all it's useful. Jamming. It's useful for live shows. If we need to kill ten minutes, <laughs> we can come up with a cool jam. And he's just making it sound like an actual song. <laughs> we have done that before. Yeah. <laughs> and record everything, man, because then you go back yeah. and you, you see what was working and what wasn't working. And you, you make a tune out of this. Like, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm this, I'm like you, man. Like, I don't know, like the professional songwriters, like the cats that like, that's their nine to five and they get up in the morning and they go oh, sit at the man. piano and they, and they work all day. It's like, I love that there's people who can do that because that's necessary. That's a necessary thing that we need in oh, life. Yeah. But like, it's, I, I can't be the way that I work like that. And I'm like you, it's like either I'll sit down and stuff starts coming or maybe you you jam it and you start freestyling and you go back later and, and, and you get it and you make them. But Ethan, you were talking before, I love the point you made about um, it's quality control, right? I mean, that's a good way to put it is just saying quality control. Like, it's so important for a band to have quality control. I mean, for every one of our tunes that you hear, there's at least two, maybe three yeah. that you're never going to hear. I mean, it's like, yeah. and, and, and it's, it's funny because like you have to rely on the people in your band. It's, it's, but you have to be honest about it. And a lot of times you can't trust, you can't trust your friends. You can't trust your family because they think everything that you do is wonderful. And it's like, yeah. you either got to have somebody outside who's not afraid to tell you, no, nah, that's no good or you have to be super honest with each other. And so is that something that comes from all of you? Are you, you know, when you bring in new tunes in, is there a critical nature from everyone? Is it more just coming from one or two people? How does the band dynamic work when you're working up a tune? 
I got a good example. I have a song that's not released yet, but I had a version. Uh, I can't remember who had the lyrics. Either one of us wrote lyrics for it, and I just needed to write the music for it. And so I had a version of it. I liked, and I showed it to the guys, and they didn't like it. So I was like, all right. So I have version two so now i got version two of it and i ended up making five versions of that song and version four was the one we liked so i think we're all very critical of each other i would say that i'm probably the most critical very opinionated (laughs) out of of all of us ethan is the one who's gonna nitpick it down like i can't tell you how many times i've been in the studio singing the same line because it just it needed to be it needed to sound the right way it didn't come out the right way take a breath here when you take a breath move your face away from the mic like the little tiny things that can affect what you do when you're producing and saving time and energy for the producer is so volatile so even like breaking that breaking that down telling jake telling our, our both of our jakes that you know hey this is our time and it's very precious to us so if we go and actually rent studio time we already know what we're doing we're not wasting time figuring out what idea is good and what idea is bad we've already scratched that and eliminated that entire process by doing it ourselves mm-hmm. And not wasting, not wasting, I don't know, thousands of dollars going to a studio. And yes, for a guitar player to sit in a studio. And when it's like, I can do that that here. here. That guy focus on like vocals or mastering the song, you know, because vocals are real tricky. So like, that's a lot of professional experience needed. I'll send that to, we'll pay for that studio time, you know, type of that stuff. Yeah, here and there. Where we look, where... Then we bounce the bad ideas out during there. But all the bad ideas are done basically in my bedroom. You know? Yeah. They're already finished and scratched away. They don't they don't got a hunt test anymore. <laughs> no, I love that, man, because I'm I'm at an age now where I get to say phrases like back in my day, like I like back when I was coming up. <laughs> Because when I was coming up, like I came up in the 90s, so I caught the tail end of recording on tape. Like the first time I ever recorded. It was in a studio on real tape that cost real money. And you didn't even think about going in there if you didn't, if everybody in the band wasn't tight and knew that stuff inside and out. It's like, okay, we got enough money to record, to do two takes of five tunes to do this EP and let's go in there and do it because we can't afford any more tape than that. A lot of that has been lost. Because we got computers and we could, we got time to screw around, right? Pretty and, digital world, you know. Yeah, which is cool. Which is cool. like I love it. These days, I wouldn't work any other way. You're, you're not going to catch me going out there and buying a, a two inch tape deck. It's not going to happen. But, <laughs> but um, it's easy to lose that tightness, though, right? Because you're not because you just feel like you could just walk in there and just mess around and stuff. Um, I think where it hurts, it can hurt bands when they go to take it to the stage, and I'm not a super critical person. Uh, I I respect everybody. I appreciate everybody. But I've had more and more of my peers come up to me and say, man, some of these younger bands can't bring it to the stage because they go in, they start off with the tune. They start off with the recording. They ain't really practiced it. You know, they start in the studio and then somebody gives them a gig and they got to go play these 10, 12 tunes and they're not super tight. And when you take something to the stage, man, you got to bring it, right? It's got to have practice, man. Practice, practice, practice. I can't stress that enough to any musician listening, man. 
you want to get somewhere, you got to practice. You got to hang out with your boys or your girls, whoever's in your band. You got to make sure that it's, you guys are hanging out and keeping it locked in. You know, that is definitely. Yes. And to that point where you might write a song, record it first before you, we have songs like that. Half yeah. of our songs, we write jamming and half of our songs, I'd say, I'll, I'll be like, hey guys, I got a new song. Let's learn it. We'll, we'll learn like half of our songs. We, don't, we haven't even played live yet because our album's not out yet so they're only recorded we haven't even learned them yet but once we do do that we learn it and you seriously learn it you gotta oh, yeah. you gotta really learn it and practice it a bunch of times and it's we've done this too, so i feel like that's like really easy and it, yeah, cl it, we've cl done it. it clicks really we've easy done we've done, done that so songs, our songs we we write jamming mm -hmm. it, it it like we were talking earlier that that's really some of our songs it'll be me writing basically just a guitar riff bass all by myself in a computer in my room bring it to the guys or we are all collectively writing or and not we're all collectively jam you know and, and talking about hey dude would this work here like mm -hmm. just kind of someone's got a cool riff or yeah Drake will have a sick bass line we'll be like oh let's work off that and we have Plenty of ideas that have sparked off that too. Yeah. But it, it definitely comes down to how much you're jamming with your band. No, absolutely, man. I couldn't agree with you more. It, um, lots of people can make albums, like we said, because it's all digital. But then you got to go to step two, which is, which is when you come to that say, man, people paid money to come see you now. You know, they might not have paid money to listen yeah. to music because we're all on Spotify and, and, you know, we're not making album sales the way cats were 20, 30 years ago. But when they come yeah. to see you play live, man, I mean, man, they might have had to hire a babysitter and travel to where you are and put that money down. Right. It's like, and you better bring it. And, and Absolutely. you know, it's, it's not to insult anyone or anything, but this is just real. It's just, it's just us three sitting here being real. You better bring it to the stage or don't bring it to the stage at all. It's like, just get your stuff together mm -hmm. and go. I was talking to a band, um, Oh man, I wish I could remember which band, but it was like, they were like, man, we were together for two years before we even went and played a show because that's how it's like, we're going to do this. And we're going to, now that's an extreme example, Yeah, but yeah. you got to respect that because they're like, nah, when we take it to a stage, we're taking, you know, we're taking it. We always, we always said, man, if there's, if there's four people or a hundred people out there, we're going to put on a killer show. We're going to perform. And we're going to have a good time. I feel like, <clears throat> that was another whole process to our band. Um, learning to perform was so different than just jamming and playing music and writing music. Being a performer, being on stage as a front man, it was terrifying, bro. They're like, hey, after the song, you got to talk. And I'm like, about <laughs> what? Like, what am I, I going to say? Like, like, dude, hold your drink up. It to everybody, you know, like just like interrupt the music for a second. And I, and I, it took, it took a lot of like awkward moments where I'm like, okay, I guess I should say something, you know, like just kind of, you got to have that. That's the putting in the work part. That's yeah. probably the hardest part was playing every single show a hundred percent. Like, you know, you're there to perform and put on a cool show. So do it. Like do that every and time. Learn from those awkward experiences that he just said. Yeah. <laughs> learn from those yeah. awkward moments. And that's and that's great because some of it you can't learn until it you happened. play. And then you play gig after gig. And it's like, and the toughest thing as a front man, a front person, is finding your own style. 
Like you, you can't go out there and be, I don't know, Axl Rose or like whatever Axl Rose does. Like you got to go out there and be Chase. You can't. And, yeah. and you, and the first time you go to the stage, you might not know what Chase's front man yeah, style is, is. You have to discover that. You <laughs> absolutely. Know? Yeah. And absolutely. Like, yeah. You gotta, you gotta be natural, but you also gotta have that energy. <laughs> And I, I had that conversation with Kyle Smith because he was, when he was on here, he was talking about, man, like I used to, you know, he used to like busk and stuff and just plays like, but being on stage for the first time I was like, whoa, yo, this is different. Like more is expected of more of it is expected of me here. Like, oh, this. so yeah, you gotta, you really gotta learn all that stuff, man. Um, I want to talk about your recordings though. Let's let's um, when you cats first, you first got together, you're making music, you're writing these tunes. Tell me about the recordings that you started putting together and releasing. I, I mean, I guess my track was the first one that we put down. Um, Ocean Tides. Uh, Ocean right? Tides and Stop, Stop Signs. Signs. I kind of was doing it at the same time. At the same time. Um, Stop Signs was a really cool way how that song came about, man. That was a freestyle jam in my living room. And it was just like everyone having a good time. And someone was recording someone press record i, I it might even been me i might even been fa- like filming myself and like showing everybody in the room and i sent it to him and he goes dude save that video well that 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 when i was telling you about that day we met the next day when we hung out that was the one of the two or three songs he played for me and i was like i I, I was like, please tell me you wrote that. And, I said, and, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> and so I got right on to recording it. And that Red EP was really my first experience recording on Pro Tools, everything on my own. You know, so that was a cool learning experience for me. Um, yeah, and it, it was fun. I love those songs. They are, I think they came out very good. I mean, I've learned a lot since then, you know. I think our next releases are only getting better which is exciting and we're doing a lot i'm doing a lot more outsourcing than i was at the beginning or you know i wanted i want people to focus on vocals and people focus on mixing for me and doing my mastering for me and just more collective and and it's making everything bigger and better and you know more hands on it it's not always better but it, it it can be you know well, just 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 dividing the duties, man. Like That's so much to learn. Oh, yeah. Having I gotta learn how to drum. It's, I gotta learn how to drum first priority. You know, mm-hmm. I want to focus on that, but having to focus on the studio is taking a lot of time from that too. You know, it, a lot of spreading your time around what wisely. Yeah. It's, it's a, it is a true fact that if I didn't have this awesome guy right here, we would not, we would not be playing music. Our music would not sound as cool as it does, man. He really does everything for our, for our music and creates everything. There's a, there, we, do, we do a few things where we go through some other people that help us out. But from, from the start to the scratch of the song to where we're like, this is it. This is what we have. I love it. That's all, Ethan, man. That takes a lot of hours of, you know, that's a lot of work, man. Um, and like you said, there's just so many, like you were saying, there's so many things to learn. Everyone has a duty, their own job, you know, and the, it is just, there's so much to it. And if no one is picking up their slack, it falls off, you know, and I feel like Ethan has been picking up all of our slack in so many different ways. It's, I love it, man. I think everyone does 
great job at their park, you know? We try. Especially. Yeah, trying. So. Everyone's dude does a great job at their park. Yeah. Yeah, man. When I was putting this band together, I, I had two criteria for anyone, right? Said, <laughs> show up, create your part, learn your part. Like, it's not, like, it's, it's not that hard, right? Like, I, I don't expect a whole lot out of you because I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of the lifting. But we added um, our sax player, Greg, came into the band a few years back, and it's like he can engineer and produce too. So that that was like like oh man, I don't have to do everything myself anymore, studio wise. Like I could I could get some. It's it's a it's a huge load off, man. It's a huge relief because you can't. I'm 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 a terrible example of this because I don't practice what I'm what I'm about to preach. But you can't do everything yourself. You can't have one person doing everything because you can't get anything done, you know, so you need to have, it's gotta be a team. You gotta have, you gotta have people taking on different duties and doing that stuff, man. It, it sounds like you guys have that. So yeah. um, what are you guys working on right now? Are you, are you play? It's, it's a tough time for playing shows. It's like, we're up, we're down, we're, you know, we're, we're full capacity. We're half capacity. Um, are you playing a lot of shows? Are you focusing on recording? What's, what's the current state of undisclosed? I mean, with the with the mask mandates and the COVID and all that, it's just been kind of, like you said, kind of been on and off, you know, like Bakersfield isn't, we're kind of a red dot city, so they don't really, California. yeah, out of California in general. So our, a lot of the mask thing, a lot of the local businesses aren't, they don't, they stayed open. They didn't, they weren't enforcing a lot of that. And they were trying to get more bands out there. But we were also trying to be careful too, you know? So um, a lot of these places in Bakersfield are like half capacity kind of right now. Um, it's been kind of hard to get more local shows. Um, if we've been playing more out of town, I feel like than we do. We mostly play out of town. Yeah. And we we're about a couple shows a month right now. We're not trying to overwork it. We're really doing studio time. And I mean, we got a lot of songs we're working on right now um that are going to be released probably soon hopefully early right before summer but that is you know definitely our goal is just getting more music out yeah are, and, you, are you working on like a full-length album or are you just are you dropping singles at a time like how how are you doing that we have some singles lined up fire and ice is the first one we have some more uh, that are going to come out eventually it's, couple things got uh set us aside but that we definitely plan on releasing probably a 10 uh, song album we have most of the songs almost done so we're just it's really just looking at stamp on it yeah we really know? want to find the right guy to master i mean i need help with vocals so i'm still looking for the right pieces that are really going to help us do it the right way i'm not in a rush i don't want to rush the music out um and you know just like he said, one more piece, and we're we're right there, ready to release. Well, we, song out. And we learned from that too by doing our EP. We did it so fast, you know what I mean. It, it, we we kind of learned from that that it's okay to take longer on your music. It's okay to take time and re-record stuff. And hey, you you listen to a song a year later, you might find some a lot of things wrong with the track, you know. Yeah, been on for over a year, and I'm I've redone so much, and you know, you're just you're only making it better. Yeah. So. The longer you wait, the longer, the better it gets. And I, I'm not somebody where I can sit down and write, but it ends up with me trashing most of it. It's like I have to be inspired, sit down, and all right, I'm feeling it right now. Ooh, I like this idea, and you work off it. 
But if you don't get those ideas for a month, you know, you're not doing much. So it, you, you, it's really about capitalizing on the right timing when you're feeling it. And so that's kind of where we're at. We're not rushing to set it out, but we're really close to also be released. Really close. Really close. Bangers, I'm telling you. They're going to be so awesome, man. We've actually been playing them at our shows, too. So if you guys want to see that, yeah, we've been playing them at our shows. And if you guys want to see the real deal, you guys got to come out to our shows, you know? Um, We have a couple of events coming up, too. Um, We got the February 26th. We had a fuck cancer event. Our friend Jack, uh, Jackie's Revenge. She just finished her chemo and she's having a big party with like 10 other really awesome bands, man. It's going to be out in Santa Ana. It's going to be an awesome time, man. So if you guys want to hear some of these new tracks, got to pull up to Santa Ana, California, man. Come check us out. Well, we're getting short on time because time just flies when we talk. People talk music. Time just flies on by, man. Um, but before we go, I always ask a couple of tough questions, right? Because we've been having a good time. I've been just, I've been softballing y'all all night. Just tell us about everything. Now I gotta, now I gotta, I gotta lay the hammer down now, but don't worry. I do it to everyone and there are no wrong answers, but I got two tough questions for you. Okay. Number one, you guys both love creating music, writing music, performing music. What if you could only create music? or perform music you couldn't do both you could only pick one what would you pick i would i would choose to create music because the message behind the music is stronger than the performing of the music to me i want i want people singing the words to my songs that they don't got to see me i just want i want i want the words in the creative process i i love that i love the idea of people hearing me through that not through recorded and it could be a live, you know, a live. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of albums out there that have pressed it. You're right. I'm t- I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with your. I really want to play in front of like 10,000 yeah, people. Yeah, I mean, so that's, I mean who, does, who doesn't? <laughs> what musician doesn't want that at one point, you know? But I, I don't know. I'm going to go with his answer, this. Studio produced, that's going to live on for yeah, stay. It's just the getting your words out there. I feel like creating my music and getting my music out there is more important than me performing for sure. That's, that's a hard, that's a hard question, man. <laughs> Cause I really love form. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the good thing though, <laughs> the good thing though, man, it's just a hypothetical question. You don't actually have to choose, but, but I, I will say that like, Chase, that's spoken like a true songwriter, man. If if you have that stuff from within you, it, you don't write because you want to. You write because you have to, and it's it's gonna come out of you. And so, like as much as we all love being on stage as a songwriter, Damn, like I can't help it, you're stuck, man. That's <laughs> that's what you'd have to choose, you know. The other question I got, maybe a little bit easier, but still nobody likes to answer it. If if someone doesn't know undisclosed, and they're like, "Yo, I'm a busy person." Give me one of your tunes to listen to that's a good representation of who you are and what you do. Oh, personally, my favorite stop signs. That's my favorite. But Fire and Ice is our best our quality produced. I, I love the song Ocean Tides, man. That, that song is, I hold that song. Yeah, I hold that song very close to my heart. I wrote it when I was 
in high school and I was kind of going through so I was kind of going through it when I wrote that song and I oh man probably Ocean Tides yeah that would be the probably one of the first tracks I put someone on if they haven't heard our music right on good answer both of those are good so again there's no wrong answers so uh but you passed you passed the test you both of you I'm I'm oh, I'm proud of y'all you passed yeah. so all right man tell everyone where they can check out Undisclosed I mean, Spotify, Apple Music, listen to our music, please. That's the number one thing. Just yeah. listen to our music. Check it out. Anywhere you guys, we're on all social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram. We're on everything. Our Instagram is at undisclosed underscore official underscore. Um, check out our sponsors, the Dub Shack. Really great family. They put, they produce a lot of shows. They have a, um, a big event coming up called May Days. It's a really big thing with like 20 bands. It's going to be really awesome. They're, they're really helping up and coming reggae artists and, you know, really giving them a platform. And they're creating an awesome community. But you can find our music absolutely everywhere. Spotify, Deezer even, Apple Music, iTunes, all that stuff. You know, YouTube, you can, you can find us everywhere. And we really just want everyone to listen to our music as much as they can. Yeah. You having us on here, dude. Jay, you've been so awesome, yeah. man. Thank you so much for having us. Man. It's my pleasure, man. Like I, I love, um, I, I love talking. Like that's number one is I love talking about music, and I love talking to other musicians about music. So it's been my pleasure to have you all on here. Um, best wishes for the rest of the year and like what you're working on. And when you guys do have that release, um, drop me a line and come back on, and we'll do like a little deep dive into your release and stuff like Absolutely. that. But, but until then, man best wishes for the the recordings the shows and um stay strong and healthy out there in bakersfield all right dude appreciate that brother all love man yeah man one love y'all chase and ethan i have been jay one love y'all one love want to know more about street level uprising follow us on facebook and instagram did you know that you could get our dub ep absolutely free just go to streetleveluprising.com slash seven. That's the number seven. This EP is not available anywhere else. You won't hear it on Spotify. You won't be able to buy it on CD at one of our shows. This EP is just to thank you for your support and features dub versions of seven Street Level Uprising tunes. Check us out on Spotify or Apple Music to hear all three of our studio albums. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Talkin' Reggae. I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll talk again soon.